0: The following podcast contains strong language and frank discussions of violence. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hello, all you little kitties out there in the murder land. Welcome to our version of the romper room we like to call Murder Amongst Friends. Our loyal listeners who were with us last week might have heard little tiny spat between My previous co-host, Michael, and myself, um, where he was soliciting new best friends. So to punish him for this indiscretion, this egregious indiscretion, I will be delivering the story today and Michael will be reacting because I know that that's the role that he's most comfortable in.
0: No, that is not true.
1: Michael, welcome to the show, Michael.
0: Oh, thank you for having me.
1: You're welcome. I'm a very generous host, also a very generous friend, apparently. So
0: very forgiving and magnanimous.
1: <laughs> You're lucky. I love you so much. I truly, truly am. You really are. Because I was like, don't think I wasn't like hitting people up, going, "What are you doing this week? You want to record a podcast? Uh, record a podcast? I guess I'll um, allow you to deliver any little." news tidbit items. Oh,
0: well, thank you so much.
1: <laughs> You're very welcome.
0: There is a, a smaller story out of Miami that's pretty interesting, also extends to Hawaii. Oh. There was a 26-year-old woman who was famous for being OnlyFans model. Shout out to OnlyFans. Courtney Clenny, who stabbed her boyfriend. Oh, shoot.
1: Um, he wouldn't pay the monthly fee? or <laughs>
0: <laughs> No, they had apparently a pretty tumultuous... Relationship. Mm. Uh, so on. Is there any other kind
1: <laughs> of relationship these days, Michael?
0: Well, not many that don't end in stabbings. Uh. Uh, there was a video released not too long before the stabbing of the couple in an elevator, where she appears to have instigated a violent altercation and, and slapped him around pretty she good. She
1: solange knolls him in a, yeah, in, in an, an elevator.
0: elevator. Yeah, but she's apparently a pretty. I would venture to guess a pretty uh, successful model because they have the the elevator opened right into their apartment. Oh Jesus you know, it's one Christ! Of those, Jesus uh, Christ! Okay, so she's probably doing pretty well for Here's herself. Here's
1: the thing, but. guys: if your life is that good, like that you can afford, people are living on the streets. Yeah. If you can afford an apartment at the top of a some fucking rich ass plaza with an elevator that goes directly to your suite yeah can we knock it off and just maybe yeah enjoy life a little bit <laughs> yeah
0: so they had apparently been together since november 2020 um but from the jump it was a pretty rocky yeah.
1: well nobody should have started a relationship in 2020
0: yeah multiple building complaints of of loud arguments and stuff so, smashing around from rich people apartment. don't like yeah oh no they don't like uh, tumult <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't
0: like tumult a little bit before the stabbing she had kicked him out of the apartment like you can't stay here okay but about two days before the stabbing she let him move back in they reconciled <laughs> yeah. so sometime between 433 and 457 on april 3rd they put that time frame in because they also have a place where you scan entry in. Oh, jeez. So they, they have key fob yeah. Of course records. you do. Yes,
1: obviously, Mike.
0: Um, so at some point between going in and then her coming back. Do they
1: have out, a concierge that lives in the apartment with them to the bring them juice and that things? That does the stabbing like, for her. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I, I want to murder my boyfriend. He's like, yeah. right away, ma'am.
0: So this argument happens. The stabbing happens. Apparently, she called her mom twice. Before she called nine one one, and that was the four fifty seven time.
1: So she called her mom to say, "Like I stabbed him." Yeah. What? And her mom was probably like, "Call nine one one, you dippy bitch." Yeah. Yeah.
0: So she eventually calls nine one one. In the background, her boyfriend's not dead yet, and he can, you know, saying he's he's heard on the in the background saying that he's losing feeling in his arm. Oh no, he's dying she also says to him not directly into the mic but it can be heard i'm so sorry so like oh, all no. of these things together aren't uh, aren't looking good in her favor uh, i wonder
1: if there's a history of mutual violence or if she's really the instigator all the time
0: um i believe it is mutual um but i think the the focus being since she did the stabbing this was the closest documented argument that we had right and she seems to be the instigator now we don't know what happened before they got onto the elevator right um but she seems to at least initiate the violence so any sort of self-defense claim that she may try to come up with when she's on you know at trial is it's going to be harder to prove because this video is out there
1: right well i mean i guess she could say he was saying horrible things to me. I slapped him in the elevator to get him to stop, and we went in the apartment, and he attacked me, and then I had to stab him.
0: So this is, well, this is the story. Unless they
1: have cameras inside the apartment.
0: They they might, nothing's been released yet, obviously, but Clenny said that they had had an argument that the boyfriend grabbed her by the throat and shoved her against the wall. Then, apparently, she claims he threw her to the ground, but allowed her to get back up, at which time she then she ran didn't. to the kitchen grabbed a knife, and she said, threw it at him from about, <laughs> from about 10 feet away.
1: No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Forensics is going to prove that that is 100% a lie in about two seconds.
0: That's correct. The correct. medical examiner's report found that the boyfriend's stab wounds occurred from a, quote, forceful downward thrust. Right. Not no. being thrown.
1: No. <laughs> She's not like Conan the Barbarian, just like whipping. Right. like. It's, it's
0: also a kitchen knife, not like a battle axe. <laughs> yeah, <accident>. yeah. <laughs> uh also that night the police saw no injuries on on her, her Ooh, well that's not what she probably would have had if he grabbed well her yeah down, you th- well you think threw her against the
1: really threw her to the ground even yeah. maybe she would just have like a bruise somewhere but that's uh, not looking good for her.
0: she fled to hawaii <laughs> but okay last wednesday august 10th she was arrested and is being extradited back to uh to florida where she will then obviously stand trial, and we will follow it, and I'm sure it will become widely covered because she is an OnlyFans model, but it is a... uh... Hey,
1: guys, not every OnlyFans model is a murdering psychopath. Shout out to the (laughs) sex workers out there. Yeah,
0: shout out to the ones who don't kill people. Shout
1: out. (laughs) Sex work is work. Yes. Respect. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, uh... We haven't done a two-parter in a while. We have not. Since uh, since your friend and mine, <laughs> old Larry Greco.
0: Good old Larry G.
1: <laughs> Good old Larry G. Um, but I wanted to do this particular story because it didn't necessarily happen. It happened before I was born. Not much before I was born. Mm-hmm. happened before I was born, but sort of the aftermath yeah. of it the fallout so yes yeah. so, it's so part the of the story and the, the cultural impact uh then made a big impact on me as a as a youngin so and
0: has led you to this <laughs> life of true crime
1: yeah it was it was actually one of the stories that impacted me the most the the, the first one being um
0: the story of an alien named mark
1: no <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> The first one was the story of Adam Walsh because he got kidnapped. I believe he, we were the same age at the time, mm-hmm. and then they found him with his head cut off, and yeah. he was like sexually abused. And yeah. so I was convinced that like I was also going to get kidnapped and like my head was going to get cut off as a kid. Um, so that made a big impact. Yeah, and then I would say. and then this one later on. So it's a little convoluted, but we'll get there. Trust me.
0: I love a twisty turny. Wait, what happened? Story.
1: Yeah. This is the story of Stephen Gregory Stainer and his older brother, Carrie Anthony Stainer. Oh, two people, two it's a twofer. Part. It's a twofer. On April 18th, 1965, Stephen Gregory Stainer was born in Merced, California. The third of five children to his parents, who were, how quaint, Kay and Delbert Stainer. Delbert Stainer. Which the name Dilbert always makes me think of Dilbert, and then all I can picture is that little cartoon guy. So yeah. the whole time I was looking into this, I had that little guy's head in my, that little guy's face in my head. It's like cartoon
0: the, head. The creator of that is a humongous trumper.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, like, ugh. the cartoon,
0: like, the strip itself is now no. all conspiracy theory shit. Like, there's a Dilbert cartoon about the Mar-a-Lago raid.
1: Oh, God. And how
0: it was, like, unjust or whatever.
1: Stephen had three sisters- and an older brother, Carrie, who will become a major player in this story much later on. Oh boy, tease. <laughs> the Stainers were a lower middle class family. They lived close to Yosemite National Park, and uh, good old Delbert, mm-hmm. ugh, now I don't even want to talk about him because now I can think of, ugh, <coughs> now I think of Delbert, then I think of Dilbert, then I think of Trump, so thanks for that. Sorry. Delbert worked as a mechanic in a factory, and Kay was a stay at home mother.
0: Some, back when that was possible. Back
1: when you could do that, you know? Uh, back when your your husband could work and support the entire household. Yeah. And um, the mom could afford to stay home with her five kids.
0: Five kids. Oy, five. Oy. Imagine.
1: So Ooh. he's making enough money for two adults five kids at that time. Some people described Kay as cold and not very emotionally expressive with her kids. Okay. And it was known that Kay had been sexually abused by her father- Which is a pretty good explanation for her being standoffish and (laughs) and hands-offish with her own kids. Yeah, I would say so. Her son, Carrie, the older brother, the oldest, well, older, because there's two, but, you know, the oldest brother, was molested throughout his childhood by his uncle. Oh, wonderful. And Kay's daughters were molested by Delbert. Oh, wonderful.
0: Uh... Was Carrie's uncle Delbert's brother I believe, or Kay's brother?
1: I believe it was the dad's, but I'm not a hundred percent. Okay, not a hundred percent.
0: I mean, but, it ultimately doesn't matter. But it right. would be: is it two brothers that are both doing that, or, or is, is it a, a dad and a son?
1: son? Yeah. yeah. But the, I mean, the family's completely fucked up. <laughs> There's like generations of incest and pedophilia going on. Great. So that's why the story of this family is incredible, and there's so much going on in this one tiny family. It's not tiny. Well, this one family yeah. has so much going on that you're like, how is this possible? This
0: family of seven, all all five children victims yeah. so far.
1: Yeah. So it's it's pretty mind-blowing, and we haven't even gotten to the first core of yeah. the story yet. So let's get into it, Michael. so many this...
0: crimes already, but we it's, haven't even started the story. We haven't even story. started the story yet. <laughs>
1: All right. On December fourth, nineteen seventy-two. So technically, I wasn't born yet. Three about three years <laughs> no before. Technically, three, about three. Literally, <laughs> literally, it wasn't born yet. Three years before I was born. Stephen, who was age seven at the time, was walking back to his house from school when a man in a car who was posing as a minister—how oh. sinister! Hey, hey! Oh, got Stephen to get in the car with him and another man. Oh, the man who was driving the car. His name is Kenneth Parnell. Kenneth Parnell was an absolute piece of shit. <laughs> Creep festival.
0: Is it Chris Parnell's dad? <laughs> <I know.
1: laughs> he was born on September 26, 1931, during the Great Depression.
0: He's a pretty depressing fella.
1: In Texas. Oh, good. And Girl. later moved to California, where he was raised by mostly his mother, sometimes his absentee father. But he definitely had recurring issues with the law and he was in and out of juvie and mental facilities.
0: Real dust bullshit.
1: Just <laughs> yeah. in 1951, when Kenneth Parnell was 20, he was arrested for for sodomizing a boy <sighs> that he lured,
0: <laughs> lured. lured
1: by pretending to be
0: a minister, a
1: cop. Oh, a cop. He's hitting all of them. Oh, he's going, he's got the guys, the YMCA ing yeah. these kids using a badge that he literally bought at an army surplus store. Cool. Like one of those places where you can yeah. go and yeah. So, but he so Buy he went,
0: shit no one should have.
1: <laughs> right, exactly yeah. right. I don't know why they sell that shit anyway. I actually bought an army hat, like one of those old tiny ones that like point at the front in the you know what I mean? Like they've point in the front and yeah, the back, the, they, that little cap like yeah,
0: when they come home on leave. Yes, yeah,
1: that one. That I bought one of those for like a shoot one time, but uh yeah, but the guy in there was <laughs> very strange
0: um anyway <laughs> he's surrounded by haunted memorabilia it's
1: that... <laughs> yeah I, I i was like do you have one of these okay good let, let me get that and get out of here um because <laughs> before... i'm not trying
0: to be turned into some sort he... of trafficked person. i'm not trying
1: to be in the back room somewhere um so he was sentenced to four years in prison that's all that's it
0: for sodomizing, sodomizing a sodomizing child a child yeah four years
1: do you want to know his reason for sodomizing the boy because he gave a reason In an interview from the year 2000.
0: Is this pathetic, disgusting, or infuriating? (laughs) All three. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) What could... (sighs) Okay, if he tries to say he was, like, checking his pulse or some bullshit, (laughs) like... No,
1: his reason for kidnapping and sodomizing a child is because at the time he committed this horrific act, his wife was pregnant and he quote had to find another outlet
0: uh, okay i wish there was an audio <laughs> like a sound that could have come from the face that i made
1: your eyes went ooh yeah like that thing with the eyes pop out so yeah
0: like yeah an of age sex worker wasn't around he couldn't have just found somebody at a bar and cheated you know just in that normal way uh hey, with an listen. adult human person
1: I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Did It was I, the 50s, I guess. Uh, it was a crazy time. I don't know.
0: I wonder and kind of hope that the interviewer, whoever it was, laughed right in their face. I
1: would have smacked him in his <laughs> mouth. I would have given him a scuffing fotch. <laughs> let's, let's get back to Stephen. So recap, it's December 4th, 1972. And Parnell and his accomplice, named Edwin Irvin Murphy, who was a co-worker of Parnell.
0: Oh, great.
1: Kidnapped Steven, so Murphy was pretending to be a minister, not Parnell. Okay. Okay.
0: He's just in plain clothes piece of shit. Yeah,
1: he's just a plain clothes P.S.
0: He's not dressing up as a piece of shit like he, a minister he's, or He's or like, a no, this is my,
1: <laughs> this is my costume. Yeah. It's me. I'm playing a normal person. I'm playing myself um murphy was described by people who knew him as sort of feeble-minded naive easily okay. duped yeah so obviously very easy for a scumbag like parnell to manipulate him yeah
0: because i was wondering that yeah like if they had the same
1: weird proclivity or yeah, yeah. i was
0: gonna say predilection but yeah how do you find that out
1: yeah it's... so yeah, having she's... a cup of coffee in the break room yeah. and you're like did you ever sodomize a child
0: Dude, no way. Oh my like, God, me too. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah so, I don't know. Okay, that makes a little more yeah. sense that he's being manipulated. Yeah,
1: I'm not sticking up for old uh, Eddie Murphy here, okay? Okay. But if he has a really low IQ, I can see how, you know. Yeah, it's a Brendan got, Dassey situation. Tricked, you know? yeah, yeah, Brendan Dassey yeah, kind Br- of Yeah, exactly Brendan Dassey. Oh, that poor kid. They need to just let him go home. Anyway. Parnell convinced Murphy to act as a minister and pass out religious leaflets to boys... Walking home from school.
0: I can't wait to find out that his wife was pregnant and he needed to do something.
1: (laughs) Parnell told Murphy that the reason he needed his help in getting a boy was so Parnell could, quote, raise him in a religious type deal.
0: A religious type deal? (laughs) So why don't you put on the minister's outfit then, buddy?
1: (laughs) Well, he doesn't want to be seen on the streets, I guess. Well, also, what is a religious type deal?
0: I think we'll have to ask uh, good old Kenny. Ugh, um, Gross. It probably means he's full of shit. I'm going <laughs> to raise
1: him to believe in God? I think... Or what? Like, what, what? I don't...
0: I think Eddie probably... Let me take him from
1: his probably... Well, his family wasn't normal, but like, they don't know that. Right. Let me take him from his maybe normal loving home and raise him in some religious type deal what I does wonder, that mean
0: i wonder if uh eddie was a little more religious himself and that was the technique Me? That i don't he know used to manipulate him and he couldn't give a shit so he's like yeah i'll raise him like, like religious you know, type like deal. you know
1: one of those religious type deals that yeah. you people do like right. i don't know yeah yeah pieces of shit right part of the way that they convinced steven to get in the car don't forget, he's seven. Like,
0: yeah. You know? So it could have just been like. Hey, I mean, they could have just ride? grabbed
1: him and threw him <laughs> in the car, but right. Murphy asked him if his mother would be willing to make a donation to the local church, mm. and Stephen said she would. Yeah. Yeah, I think she would, and so Murphy said, "Well, why don't you get in the car and show drive? We'll drive tells where you live. We'll drive to your house. and we going to collect the money from your mom? Okay. Well,
0: I mean, I guess a person with a higher IQ would have seen okay well if they're donating to the church they're already being raised in a religious type deal so why do you need them exactly so Murphy
1: was like clearly not the brightest bulb right you know but obviously instead of going to Stephen's house to pick up the money Parnell drove Stephen to his cabin great of all places a cabin you drive to a cabin some 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 shit's Shit's going going down. down yeah Um, In an area, a really small area called Cathy's Valley, which is like 22 miles northeast of Merced, um, which is where Stephen's family lived in Merced. Um, So just as a reference, as of the 2020 census, Cathy's Valley had a population of 829.
0: (laughs) So it's really small. Yeah, but that makes being incognito a little more difficult. A little
1: more difficult or... Are you the weird loner in the cabin right. who, right. I mean, I'm not going fucking making friends with my neighbor in a cabin.
0: No, that's true.
1: Like, just a remote cabin. Yeah, like, I don't no. feel
0: like becoming friends with Kaczynski.
1: No, thanks. No, thank you. My luck. What's his... cabin Spaulding comes out. He's like, <laughs> hello, come in. We're having a party. Like, I'm like, I'm good. Gas and chicken. <laughs> Parnell told little Stephen. That his parents didn't have the money to keep him anymore because they had so many kids.
0: So he knew that. So he staked him out yeah. a little bit. Ugh.
1: And that the court system had decided to make Parnell Stevens permanent guardian. So he told this little boy that... He very obviously wouldn't know better. Wouldn't know better. Yeah. That his parents could not afford him. And the, the a judge... You, you live with me now. Yeah. Hi. You live with me now. A stranger. You, a strange yeah. grown man.
0: How do you make sure he doesn't run away? Convince him that he's not actually kidnapped. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly right. Kenneth Parnell, this giant MFing POS.
0: See, the problem with his name, though, is it makes me think of Kenneth Parcell from 30 Rock. So all I can think of is (laughs) Oh, no, Kenneth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kenneth. So that's what I'm picturing. Oh, no, please don't. Don't listen. Don't besmirch. I know.
1: I know. Parnell began molesting Stephen that night. Of course, so just your parent. Listen, your parents don't want you. You live with me now. Here's the new routine.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of uh, a lot of lot. That's a lot to of dump on a kid. Everything. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then about two weeks later, he fully started raping him. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Stephen, of course, would break down and cry and say that he wanted to go yeah. home and he wants his parents. And Parnell would just reiterate, they yeah. don't want you. Um, it's
0: it's a catastrophe for this kid. Yeah,
1: I mean, he went from saying they don't have the money. <laughs> yeah. To then saying
0: they don't want they
1: you. don't want you, which is I can't imagine the trauma. But but it was at that point that Parnell began began calling Stephen Dennis Gregory Parnell. Right. So he kept his middle name and he kept his birthday the same. Mm-hmm. One, I think, to make it easier to remember. But two, he also enrolled him in school because. Almost immediately, he started presenting Stephen to the outside world as his son.
0: Right. Great.
1: Where the fuck did he come from, sir? <laughs> yeah. If you do live in a small area, mm-hmm. let's say you do live in a small area and people see you coming and going. Where the fuck did well, you get a seven-year-old was son, that, sir? that
0: was his cabin already. It wasn't yeah. like a place they... No, couldn't... yeah.
1: It's a, it was his.
0: Okay. Then... Where the fuck did he? Where come did you get from? a fucking if set? Move to a new place, right? You, yeah, Whoa, hello, he hello. I, I
1: yeah. moved in. I got everything set up, and then I brought my son over when I was yeah. settled. But mm, where would you get this kid, sir? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> not I, one of the eight hundred and seventy-nine were not curious one. at all.
1: Say, so where did you get this young boy child, sir? Yeah,
0: not even the teachers, No. who would well, clearly have seen signs of abuse on this kid. <laughs> well, maybe not in the. 70s. We'll
1: see. Stephen and Parnell moved frequently throughout California, living in places like Santa Rosa and surrounding areas. And Parnell continued to pass Stephen off as his son. Um, Stephen reported that Parnell would alternately beat him like, pretty savagely. And then he would go through periods where he would spoil him. So it's that clear yeah. manipulation that yeah. I'll harm you. I'll, then I'll be sweet. I'll make promises that won't happen. I'll give you gifts. I'll love bomb. I'll gaslight you. It's all the but we know all the yep. bullshit. We know the story.
0: That's typically just uh, a typical in, abuser in dating relationships. Typically, yeah. But this is kidnapper kidnapped.
1: Kidnappy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Kidnapper. kidnapping. So I mean, just it's just it's just classic bullshit. Yep. And you're doing it to a child, <laughs> which is making me want to like throw up my mouth a little bit. But I guess as like a sort of an apology or maybe just to make him more pliable to like his creepy demands parnell would allow steven to drink alcohol smoke cigarettes come and go as he pleased he went to school he had friends he you know he did like extracurricular shit whatever
0: he had his own life and access to numb his own pain
1: right you know um And Parnell had jobs, like he would do these like odd jobs. So he didn't, I don't think he ever really had like a very steady full time job because they moved around. And so sometimes he just did piecemeal work and stuff like that. Yeah. But he had jobs where he was out of the house quite a bit sometimes, leaving Stephen by himself. And he could have easily told someone or at the school or asked for help, called the police, but he never did.
0: Well, what does he think the alternative is, right? I don't know. He doesn't know that. I mean, I don't know how much time has passed, but he thinks. That if something were to happen, if he needed to be taken from this guy, right, just some random other person would pick him up, yeah. and then he'd have to live with them now. Yeah,
1: and who knows what they might do, exactly. because he thinks, in his little mind, he probably thinks, this is how other people live. Right. Maybe his dad, you know, maybe his dad wasn't doing it to him, he was doing it to the, his right. predilection was more towards the girls. Or the uncle on... Uh, uh, Carrie. Yeah. So maybe Stephen somehow got spared, but like, maybe he just thinks... This is what other people yeah. do in their house, or maybe he
0: knew it was happening to Carrie, and it wasn't—he wasn't in the uncle's sights right yet, or yeah, something. But yeah, knew maybe. that it was happening. Yeah. Um,
1: but like, let's think about it for a second. He was seven, so he may not have really been schooled yet on like stranger danger or how to call the police. Yeah. And
0: well, stranger danger didn't really happen until, until like the eighties, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: But also, let's not forget Parnell's the one who feeds him, right? Clothes him. Uh, is his protector and his abuser at right. this point and
0: right he's harming him but he's yeah, also yeah
1: I mean and this monster leaving. has been his father figure for like seven years he kept him for seven years okay Whew. so it must have been incredibly difficult to like reconcile all yeah. of that in this kid's head and just being drilled in his head like every day
0: plus your I
1: love you uh, your yeah. parents didn't want you right you know I take care of you I provide for you the things that you have you have because of me Imagine how that made him feel.
0: But he probably had memories from his previous life still.
1: So, yeah, he had some memories, some things he couldn't remember, and and, and some he could. But yeah. if that wasn't, if all that wasn't bad enough.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty bad.
1: In between this seven-year period, for about 18 months or so, Parnell actually had a mistress who lived with them. Uh- Called Barbara Matthias or Matthias, however you want it. It's M A T H I A S. So, okay. See the Ma- Matthias or Matthias. Yeah. Um, according to Stephen, later on, he right. said that Matthias and Parnell raped him together oh, about ten times when he was <laughs> roughly nine. So, about two years after he was taken by Parnell, he gets this girlfriend. She moves in over a two-year period. They both do stuff together to this kid.
0: Okay, because I was going to ask, did she know
1: the kid wasn't his son? She claimed later. Clearly, she was in on everything. She claimed later she didn't know he was kidnapped. But even still, if you thought it was your boyfriend's son, I'm going to start yelling now. I'm backing away. You could probably hear me backing away. If you thought it was your boyfriend's fucking son, though. Right
0: that how is that an excuse that's an excuse of my wife is pregnant i need to take it out on it's something. bullshit it's total bullshit so
1: fuck barbara matthias matthias also yeah she can eat a dick <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that guys <laughs> i i get a little crazy i don't like stuff like that happens to kids but well michael as the tale as the tale as old as time goes as steven got older inevitably pesky puberty started to creep oh, in no. And uh, this was a big turnoff for the creep master general, Kenneth Parnell. Yep. So he would enlist Stephen to help him kidnap another younger boy to, quote, build his family. Uh, uh, These quotes are sickening. Yeah. Stephen, though, to his credit, always managed to sabotage the kidnapping attempts. He would fuck it up in some way because he didn't want another boy to go through what he was going through. But he fucked up so many attempts that Parnell would berate him (laughs) and hit him and call him an incompetent. Yeah, okay. Great. Uh, I'm
0: incompetent at kidnapping people. I'm so sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm
1: incompetent at being a fucking loser. (laughs) So, despite Stephen's best efforts, though, Kenneth Parnell continued in this sick quest to steal yet another child away from his family. And on February 14th, 1980, Kenneth Parnell succeeded. He enlisted a friend of Stephen's, a teenage boy named Randall Sean Porman, to help him kidnap five-year-old... Fuck you, Randall. ...Timmy White in... Of course his name is Timmy. I know, I know. In Ukiah, which is about four hours from Merced. Yeah. Parnell brought the boy home and he presents him to Stephen as his new brother. Much to Stephen's dismay. Okay. Yeah. Here's your new brother!
0: I mean that's We
1: got him on the street. Yeah. I know you tried to fuck it up but
0: Yeah, I mean I that's, succeeded. That's ultimate defeat for Steven. Yeah. But does Steven now start to think definitely going to get killed now.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think that he was like let's say he wouldn't have been the favorite. Right. You know. Um,
0: like, obviously he's done with me. Or
1: he's just going to keep me in the hopes that eventually I'll give in and just help him collect a gaggle of young boys.
0: Well, no. He's clearly expendable because he got another kid to help him yeah. get the kid.
1: Yeah. But he's, he's expect- had this kid for seven years, so he may have...
0: Yeah, but now he's starting to talk a little bit of a deep voice. Yeah. And he doesn't uh,
1: like it. I do not like it. Well, Stephen couldn't help but feel terrible for this little boy. Yeah, of course. Couldn't help feeling scared for him. And he couldn't allow him to harm Timmy in the ways that he was harmed by Parnell. Right. So he started to make a plan to get the hell out of Dodge. Go, Steven. You grab Timmy. GTFO. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) After a couple of weeks where Timmy's crying and he wants to go home. And I I don't believe in those couple of weeks Parnell... Managed to get at him. Yeah, I don't think he got at him or didn't get at him too much. I think he did, but at that point, Stephen had enough. Yeah. So on March 1st, 1980, which was literally, you know, three weeks later or something like that, Mm -hmm. when Parnell went to his little piddly fucking night job, Yeah. Stephen threw Timmy on his back. And they hitchhiked like 40 miles back to Ukiah. Wow. Where they Tim- tried to find Timmy's house, but Timmy being five, five. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't yeah. point it out. So they end up going to a police station. This should come as no big shock to you, Michael, or anyone who listens to the podcast. <laughs> but the police at first just considered Steven a delinquent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just with a five-year-old sidekick. A real or Batman they're, and they're Robin. They're both delinquents, yeah. you
1: know? Um, after all, Stephen didn't really remember too much information from when he was younger. He was only seven after all. Yeah, Give the kid a break. Right. But he did write something down for the officers. He wrote a little paragraph, and within that paragraph, he wrote, I know my first name is Stephen. Let's not forget about this other piece of shit has been making him live at some, as some kid called it's Dennis. Dennis. Yeah. Dennis. <laughs> really? Dennis. Demonstrate value. Yeah, Demonstrate the Dennis system. <laughs> After the cops finally get their shit together, Mike, and they did a little research and some deductive reasoning, you know, like cops do detecting. Little detective work. Yeah. They realized that he was Steven Stainer. Right. Who had indeed been kidnapped, and that the boy with him is Timmy White, who has also been kidnapped. By the next morning, that scuzzo, (laughs) Kenneth Parnell, had been arrested. Yes. On suspicion of abduction. Suspicion of abduction, though? Suspicion of abduction, though?
0: Well, I guess it has to be until it can be verified.
1: I have no idea, Michael, but it's ridiculous. But as they were digging into Parnell's background, they came across that pesky 1951 sodomy conviction. Whoopsie, whoopsie, whoopsie. But at that time, Stephen was stating that Parnell never sexually abused him. He did not want to talk about it. He's right. like he's like fourteen. Yeah. He's turning fifteen. Like, do you know what I mean? He doesn't want to talk about a grown man especially in the having seven, his way. Especially with
0: in the late seventies, early eighties, like a man doing that Yeah. Too.
1: I that's that's a whole other unfounded stigma that should have right. never existed in the first place. Right. So well later that day, both boys were reunited with their families to much media and fanfare. <laughs> Lots and lots and lots of bullshit going on. Uh, yeah. It was completely overwhelming for Steven and Timmy, I as you can, can imagine. imagine. Yeah. It was overwhelming for their families. It was overwhelming. It was an overwhelming scenario for everyone who had been following the story for, like, nearly a decade. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, before we get too far away yeah. from it, how incredible is it that after all they both went through, they hitchhiked 40 miles? 40 miles. incident?
1: They hitchhiked. Yeah. People were just dropping them off a little bit. They'd get yeah. out. They'd hitchhike again. They'd get out yeah. 40 miles to get this kid. And then they wandered around yeah. the neighborhood. He was going to deliver this kid back to his door. This poor yeah. kid. This this kid's a hero for yeah. doing this. Yeah. I mean.
0: And sabotaging all those other it, attacks. Yes.
1: I mean, go Steven, right? Yeah. So it took about a year, but Parnell was tried and convicted of kidnapping both boys. However, this is going to make you mad. He was not charged with the mad. numerous sexual assaults for the most ridiculous of reasons. All of them, which make me want to smash my face into a concrete wall.
0: If you say they couldn't prove like that it happened... <laughs> Uh, most of the
1: sexual assaults michael occurred outside, outside the merced county jurisdiction or were outside the statute of limitations okay go fuck yourself
0: yeah C- can we make sex crimes a felony please and like remove jurisdictional bullshit and
1: also remove any and all statutes anywhere about yeah. it like there should be no statute of yeah. rape molestations yeah, no sex assaults. so there should be none zero yeah. zero yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't care if the you're... number of
1: fucks I give. Yeah. That should be the statute zero.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. Correct.
1: <laughs> Not great. Parnell received seven years. Seven years, Michael. Press the
0: fucking sex assault charges in the counties they happened in. Then seven years, Try which that. was the
1: maximum allowed under California law for, at the time for kidnapping two people. Doesn't matter. I think at the time how many people you kidnapped or in what succession or how long you kept them. The maximum at the time I believe was just a flat seven years. So, which is fucking the same amount obnoxious. Of time that Stephen had to serve, basically, right. pretty much. Yeah, if that's not some a bitter pill to swallow. <sighs> Uh, and he was released after five, though. <laughs> oh, great. I love the good behavior. Yeah. Eddie Murphy, Parnell's feeble-minded friend who yeah. helped him by yeah. acting like a minister, was given five years. He was let out after two. How?
0: I mean, I guess I think it's because they culpable. thought he was,
1: he was, and I think Stephen even said this later on, that he felt that Murphy was yeah. just as much a victim as, as he was of Parnell. Yeah. And maybe not a sexual assault victim, but right. ma- manipulated and right. I just, I
0: just don't see how under the law, the person who actually did the kidnapping gets seven and the person who assisted gets almost as much. Right. I guess they're equally culpable because without both of them, it probably wouldn't have worked. Yeah. It wasn't coming through.
1: But he, get, he, he got let out after two. And fucking that piece of shit, Barbara Matthias Matthias. Yeah was never charged because she cooperated with the authorities and she tried to sell them the bullshit story that she didn't know Stephen was kidnapped. But uh, why they let her off for nine rapes of a child because she complied with an investigation is fucking beyond me. It's beyond my comprehension. It's beyond my level of patience.
0: Yeah, they've never let somebody who was an accomplice in a murder
1: nine rapes of a
0: child go completely
1: nothing she got nothing
0: right they always they reduce the sentence for that person because they're cooperating a plea but deal they still but get not something they don't just walk nothing away. yeah
1: poor man uh steven's friend yeah got sent to like a juvie camp he was 17 i think at the time when oh, it happened 17. so he was so he went to like a work camp I thought he was closer to Stephen's age, maybe fourteen, a little 15 bit old, a little bit older. Maybe Stephen's yeah. like turning fifteen. Maybe this kid just turned seventeen. Who knows? They they were in school together. Basically. Yeah,
0: but in terms of, should he probably know him better? Could he have tripped and tried it? Isn't yeah?
1: But who knows what this? Maybe he was hanging out with Parnell. Parnell's giving him alcohol, let him smoke yeah. cigarettes, coming over there and a crash out, like doing stupid shit. That is true. You know. Letting them fucking blow up shit in the backyard yeah. and stupid shit that teenagers like to do, you know. Manip-
0: manipulated, the yeah, same just manipulated
1: thing. him as well, you know. Yeah. Steven's kidnapping. One good thing though that came out of it, his kidnapping and all the fear that surrounded it, mm-hmm. prompted California government to change their laws, quote, to allow consecutive prison terms in similar abduction ah, cases. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. it was
0: no matter how many people you take, it's concurrent. Mm-hmm. at the time. Right. Who wrote the law that way? <laughs> well, That's stupid.
1: Yeah, it's totally stupid. So quick um, quick wrap up on our friend Kenny Parnell. In 2003 at the age of 71, Michael, Ay. he was arrested yet again Oh, for trying to convince his nurse's sister into purchasing a four-year-old boy for the amount of... Do you want to guess how much he was willing to pay for this child?
0: Okay, this is either going to be comedically high or horrifically low. Hey,
1: which way are you going?
0: I'm gonna say because he's a piece of shit and seventy one with major felony convictions on his record, I'm assuming he's not rolling in the dough. <laughs> uh I'm gonna say he was willing to pay a whopping two hundred and fifty dollars for this child.
1: Five hundred dollars oh. <laughs> close. That was close. Well <laughs> Michael, this lady was not trying to hear his bullshit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because she was aware of his past. So oh, she good. contacted authorities. They set up a fucking sting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the son of a bitch, Parnell, told her to make sure that the child had get oh, no. fucking ready. Oh, no. For another quote from our boy, KP. <sighs> a, quote, clean rectum. Hey, what? Which would indicate that he planned on yeah. abusing the child. Doing something with the buckles. Well, shit. He was arrested on January 3rd, 2003, telling the authorities that he, quote, only wanted a family. Yeah, Stop he... saying stuff. <laughs> Stop saying stuff, you gross-ass pig. Also... You wanted a family.
0: I really wish Chris Hansen was there
1: a Nambly that. is what you wanted, not a family. <laughs> you wanted a fucking Nambly, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, imagine he walks out and he's like, What are you doing? Take a seat. Well, you're already sitting, probably wheelchair bound. What are you doing here? Yeah. Why Why? Why do you have a box of cookies and, and condoms with you? Yeah. I just came to see if it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just I, coming was up, I was coming up, pet the cat. <laughs> he was convicted like a year later. On the charges of attempting to purchase a child, attempted child molestation, with the prosecutor arguing that Stephen finally giving testimony that he was sexually abused by Parnell. Obviously, it all came out. Right. Along with the sex toys and sex aids and pornography found in Parnell's apartment pretty much proved he would continue down his degraded path. Yeah. Yeah. He was handed a sentence of 25 years to life due to California's three strikes law. Yep. With Stephen being number one, right? Timmy being number two, right? And the child that he was attempting to buy and molest being number three. What would have been <sighs> right. number three had he not been thwarted?
0: That's some real uh, inflation on yeah. the price of that. You yeah. One for one for free. Yeah. You had to kind of split it with a. a teenager the second time yeah now you gotta pay five hundred dollars oh jesus christ
1: <laughs> well that piece of shit died in jail in 2008 good riddance well,
0: so he served life
1: he sure did but um let's forget about parnell and go back to steven and his family yeah, um let's
0: wrap up the steven story and be on our merry be way, way, that's, way that's the end of it right there's well, nothing else
1: well you would think he got to go home to his family. It yeah. was not all sunshine and rainbows like you would think. Um, Stephen had a terrible time readjusting to normal lifestyle because Parnell let him do whatever yeah, he wanted. Yeah. His parents yeah. had rules, and they were fairly strict, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and it was tough to reconcile having to live in a structured existence versus the loose way of living that he, you know, grown accustomed to with this,
0: right? You know, and literally abuser. saving his own life. And yeah. saving the life of a five-year-old boy. He was obviously responsible enough to do that. I'm not responsible enough to go out at night, Mom. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mom.
1: <laughs> oh, my God, I hate you. And he slams the door. Um, I saved Timmy. <laughs> I know. Stephen later explained that, quote, and this is such a sad quote from him. It really makes me sad. Quote, returned home almost a grown man, and yet my parents saw me at first as their seven-year-old. After they stopped trying to teach me the fundamentals all over again, it got better. But why doesn't my dad hug me anymore? Sometimes I blame myself. I don't know if I should have come home. Would I have been better off if I didn't? Oh, God. Is that not the most heartbreaking? grim as fuck. It is grim. Holy shit. That is grim. I know. It's been reported that Stephen did a brief stint in counseling. But he never sought out additional help because, according to one of his sisters, their father said Stephen, quote, didn't need any.
0: Yeah,
1: okay. Uh, the guy. I that's... hate to say the sign of the times, but he's also molesting his daughters I, yeah, and all this say, other shit. Says the guy who's, right. yeah. Yeah, who's clearly also yeah. not the dad of the year. Right. He also never fully revealed the full extent of the abuse suffered at Parnell's hands. And his sister stated that even though he pretty much like got on with his life, pretty pretty good, mm-hmm. he was quote pretty pretty messed up.
0: Uh, yeah, wouldn't you be?
1: I mean, yeah, to say the least. He was being bullied at school
0: great. For, for what had happened for to being him, Stephen Stainer.
1: For being molested, they were calling uh, yeah. him gay and saying all kinds of stuff. Exactly
0: and why he wouldn't have come it, forward. Exactly with,
1: right. Yeah, yeah. Um, because kids are fucking terrible. Yep. It ended up being too Adults much. Adults aren't great either. <laughs> Shitty kids grow up to be shitty adults, there you Mike. Go. Um, it ended up being too much for Steven, and he eventually dropped out of school, started drinking, and before you know it, he got kicked out of the old house, Mike.
0: But how do you kick your I, I, previously kidnapped
1: child out of your house, Michael? These this is a standoffish yeah, mother and yeah. an abusive father. I mean, fucking Delbert and fucking Delbert and Kay get it together. The fuck K, get your shit together K. That's your son. I'm just going to call him Kelbert. Kel- <laughs> Don't ship them, you <laughs> son of a bitch. In 1985 when Stephen was 20 years old, he married 17-year-old Jody Edmondson. Little age discrepancy there, but
0: 20 and 17. I'm going to yeah.
1: I'm going to just let it go. Yeah. They had two children, a daughter named Ashley and a son named Stephen Jr. He went on to work with child abduction groups, gave lectures about personal safety, and interviews about his kidnapping and what happened to him while he was with Parnell.
0: And started selling ice picks to (laughs) five-year-olds to protect themselves.
1: Right. So in 1980, when Stephen was returned to his family, I was five. Yeah. Yeah. So this was like on the news. This was yeah. like a big deal. There's a lot of footage of that return. Yeah, oh plenty. Yeah. And it's it's wild. It's 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 anarchy. Like yeah. it's it's too much. like why would you do that? This kid, there's cameras in this kid's face and everybody's crowding around it's it's too much it's claustrophobic to look at. Yeah. It's like anxiety inducing to look at. I get tense watching it. But
0: to be in the middle of it, boy.
1: Yeah. But I was five, so I, I like knew about it, but I didn't really know about it.
0: Yeah, as much as you, you know, can know, as understand. much as you can as yeah.
1: a five-year-old. Right. But early in 1989, when
0: I was 14. <laughs> I don't know why you said it that way. But... I was in,
1: like, ninth grade. Right. Um, a TV miniseries came out called I Know My First Name is Steven. And Steven acted as an advisor. And he had a wa- – it was, like, a weird walk-on role as one of the police officers who bring, like, movie Steven back to his parents. Oh, yeah. They
0: recreate – that whole they chaos. They recreate the chaos, and
1: he's one of the cops that's like, here's your son. Yeah. Family.
0: Back in the chaos.
1: Yeah, it's fucking weird. Um, But the miniseries aired for the first time on, boo, 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 NBC, <laughs> uh, on May 21st and 22nd. So I was 14, and of course I became obsessed with the story because I remembered it, it from when I was five, and then this miniseries came out, and then there was a book out about it, so I read that, yep. and then I just became like fascinated with the story. A real and it, creep. Yeah, like yeah. a real fucking creeper. And it just, it fascinates me to this day, though. Well,
0: a uh, uh, kind of happy ending for Well,
1: anybody. don't jump ahead of yourself, oh, Mike. No.
0: There's more? It's not over. It's not over.
1: Stephen became a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints. Oh, no. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
0: A Mormon. And
1: he was living in his hometown of Merced and humbly working his life away at a pizza shop to Killing support his land. family. Oh. <laughs> When on September 16th... And
0: the uh, 17-year-old stayed married?
1: Married, yeah, with the two kids, and wow. they became Mormon, and he was working, and his life was going along, and he was doing the best he could, man. You know? Yeah. For all the shit that... Yeah, you
0: can't expect, you know, normalcy. From...
1: I mean, that was pretty normal. It seemed like yeah. he's got his life on track, and he was doing okay for himself. So that show came... The, the miniseries aired in May, in September. September 16th, 1989, after everything this... Poor kid has been through and survived through 24-year-old Stephen Stainer's motorcycle collided with a car on his way home from work. He suffered fatal injuries and later died. <sighs> the driver of the car was a hit and run. Great. But was later identified. And it's said that over 500 people were at his funeral. And Timmy White, who at this point was 14, mm-hmm. Who Stephen had risked his own life to save was one of his pallbearers. Oh, good. Oh.
0: That's not heart wrenching at all.
1: Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Great. You should have ended it at the happily ever after. Jesus or whoever. Well,
1: (laughs) that was a doozy of a story. Sure was. However.
0: No, however.
1: You'll have to tune in next week to hear the rest of the story about Stephen's older brother, Carrie Anthony Stainer. And if you thought this half of the story was crazy, wait until you hear the rest of it. It's a doozy. And that, I can't
0: take back-to-back doozies. And
1: that was the story of Stephen Gregory Stainer. Oh. And that's not the rest of the story. But who used to say that? Do you remember that? And now you know the rest of the story. Was that Salty Brine? was that salty brine who know. said that well, it I was say. like a radio it was like a, he was like a radio and i think maybe even a tv i think he was like on the news but also on the radio and he would tell a little blurb like a little story about something local or some history or whatever and then at the end of every episode he'd go and now you know <laughs> the rest of the story was it salty brine well, we're obviously going to look it up. I have to look if, it up. but if, uh,
0: if you know or if that rings a bell, feel free to email us at mafpodcastshow at gmail.com.
1: Yes, please, because I'm going crazy and I feel like it might be, but I, I used to listen to it with my grandparents when I was little. Yeah, I, You're just, you are just—you weren't even born, Michael. <laughs> it was before you were born, Michael. My friend, Michael. My baby little baby friend. My, quote, <laughs> best friend who tried to solicit other best friends right in front of my face who's lucky he's on the podcast today
0: and next week apparently, and also. next
1: week <laughs> and the only reason that you're coming back next week is so that the audio syncs up <laughs> but well, watch out in two weeks from now you might not be here my friend
0: i i i need to know how the story ends but you could just say well, you tune in next week, then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you hear you it, like, listen to else. it next week.
1: Maybe I'll do the show by myself next week. Who knows? No. No, oh, no. It wouldn't be... It wouldn't be the same without you. Well... Unless I get a new yeah. best friend, and then... Oh,
0: okay. I in that gonna case, say, without it's probably going to gonna be a better
1: show. Oh, yeah. You know?
0: The title becomes inaccurate without me, unless you replace me,
1: of course. Yeah. I can't be like, <laughs> murder amongst Joanne, and some guy she met at the mall, and yeah. quick, quick <laughs> asked him if he wanted to do a podcast. Yeah. He said yes. They went back ripped a podcast like real quick and then she never talked to him again murder murder
0: (laughs) amongst joanne and guy who has macbook pro (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Yeah. it doesn't roll off the tongue
0: yeah not quite as uh punchy not not catchy not as catchy no not as good for the search engine optimization
1: (laughs) i don't think we'll be hitting the algorithm yeah well if you
0: want to boost our algorithm (laughs) follow us on instagram or twitter or and Twitter yeah. at MAF Podcast Show. If you know Salty Brian or any other weird <laughs> trivia, email us at Podcast Show at gmail.com. Follow us on the YouTubes at Murder Monks Friends Podcast.
1: We can see all of our little bitmoji cartoons. Yeah. And, and the uh, video
0: episode is up there as well. Oh, yeah. We may be aiming in the not-too-distant future for another, uh, another go-around at the old video, uh, working out a couple of the previous issues we had but uh getting potentially that, some
1: yeah. some podcast guests as well we'll see yeah
0: we will see
1: you never know who might show up
0: well i hope i was an adequate story listener rather than storyteller you were fine all right good so i'll get another fine. shot at it next I'll week it was it's fine i guess
1: six out of ten <laughs> well on that note
0: everybody Goodbye.
1: (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Join in next week to find out about Carrie Stainer. It's a doozy. Bye. Bye.